Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verlum 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Curry. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now, on tonight's show, we're going to be talking all about... Well, there's two issues. The first issue we're going to be talking about is growth mindset. And for those of you who don't know what growth mindset is, you have to stay tuned for the next 30 minutes because you will be illuminated. We're going to talk to uh, Dr. Frances Warren from Portsmouth University, and she's part of the growth learners team at that university. And we'll be talking to her in just a minute. And then in the second half of the show, we are going to be speaking to Tess McPherson. And Tess is a local St. Albans mum who's developed an amazing app that is a great way for PTAs to get organised and actually to raise money at the same time. So it's really worth listening to and listening to that as well. But first up, we're going to talk to Dr. Francis Warren from the uh, Growing Learners team at Portsmouth University. Hello, Francis. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you both? Good, good, great. Good, thank we're, you. We're all ready to learn about growth mindset. <laughs> I, I know it's 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 not just being used in schools. I mean, it's been used in business. It's been used in every in every walk of life at the moment, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Can you tell us a bit? Tell us what growth mindset is, Francis. Okay, so um, it all comes down to our belief about the nature of intelligence. So some people, they really believe that intelligence can be developed, it can be cultivated, it can be increased, it can be developed through sort of behaviours that we have control over. So things like hard work, persistence, taking on challenges. And because people hold those sorts of beliefs, they're more motivated to try, they're more motivated to engage with learning and try new things. Um, so that's what we call the growth mindset. Um, and on the flip side of that, we have the fixed mindset, which is where people hold the belief that intelligence is actually a fixed trait. So you're born with sort of a certain amount of intelligence. That's a lot. You can't really do much to change it. And because of that, you know, people are afraid of challenges. If they've got a fixed mindset, they steer away from hard work because it threatens how they feel about their own intelligence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so but if you think about sort of successful people, you know, they really are the type of people who seek challenges. They value effort, persistence, very sort of mastery-oriented. And that's sort of what comes down to our mindsets and how we think about the nature of intelligence and things. So challenging yourself is a big part of having a growth mindset. Oh, absolutely. It's all about challenging yourself and believing that you can challenge yourself and, you know, reach that challenge. So it's kind of like wiping the slate clean and just thinking, you know, just starting afresh. And it's, you know, things that you've developed, you've convinced yourself of trying to just ignore them and believing that you have the capacity to do what you want to do. Yeah, you know, thinking that, you know, it's not a preconceived idea, that you're not sort of prepackaged or pigeonholed into being a certain ability or a certain type of person, that you have the ability to change that everybody can improve. Everybody can sort of get more intelligent, everyone can get cleverer, anyone can sort of improve their abilities and things. And do, I mean, parents should instill this in their children, but what if parents themselves have a fixed mindset? Um, I think, you know, understanding and sort of um, reading into the mindset things, it is a really convincing sort of theory, convincing ideas. It's not about sort of, you know, changing the wheel. Or change, it's just sort of challenging your own beliefs. And I think, you know, everyone can challenge their own beliefs and sort of hold on to that. Well, I suppose it, it only makes sense if you're going to be expecting it from your child that you should try and, fo- you know, implement exactly. it yourself a bit. And I think, you know, if 
parents are going to try and promote it in their children. Actually, promoting it themselves is so important. So if you're going to try and promote challenge in your children, try and challenge yourselves as well. Absolutely. Well, that makes, it makes complete sense. And who, who is using this technique at the moment? So, it, I mean, it's been big over in the States for quite a long time now, um, but it's sort of really taking up storm over here as well. So it's being used in primary schools, secondary schools, and as you said earlier on, it's being picked up in businesses, um, lots of leadership training sort of taking on this sort of mindset spin. Um, yeah, loads of different places. And um, and what about, what I mean, it, are, are businesses bringing this into the workplace? Are they encouraging, are they getting trainers in to, to change businesses the way they work? Yeah, and I think the way that, um, you know, colleagues communicate with each other and the way that, you know, leadership and people in sort of managers, how they motivate their staff, I think is something really important because of all the messages that we send out when we speak. I think they can send really mixed messages. And even when you're trying to be really positive, actually, that can sometimes get lost. Um, so there's sort of consultants that go out and work with um, schools and with businesses. Um, but what we sort of, uh, you know, the growing learners team at University of Portsmouth, what we find is really important is the research base. Everything we do, we want to be evidence-based so that we're not just sort of going out and selling things that we don't really believe in. We're sort of trying to find the research that backs it up. That's fantastic. And I think as parents, we, we love that so much. It's not, it's not just a fad. It's not, a, a, you know, an, yeah. an idea that's passing through. This, this has legs. Yes. Yeah, I think it really has. Um, and, you know, as, at the University of Portsmouth, and I think over here as well, the research sort of side of things is picking up. But about three years ago, when we first started up, there hadn't been really any research done on uh, sort of mindsets over in the UK. There's lots and lots done in the States, but obviously, you know, we wanted to make sure that it does sort of, it does cross that border. And, and the thing that I, that I love about what you're doing is it, that you are passionate about it being understood properly you, yeah. you love the evidence and, yeah. and also that, that it's not just not just a temporary concept that you really want this embedded yeah yeah I mean certainly when we work with schools um, although we sometimes work just with class teachers it really is a culture that needs to be embedded throughout the whole school it's more of a change in ethos and culture as opposed to sort of as you say just a fad or a one time thing it's not a one time fix um, and I think part of the battle actually is the sort of the maintenance I think it's very easy to sort of go, you know, run with it for a short amount of time, but actually, you know, maintaining that message is really important. And tell us, tell us a little bit about the, the, what you're doing with schools, how that works. Yeah, so about so about three years ago, we um, the Growing Learners team was set up. So Sharia Hoskins, who's sort of the leader of um, our team, she um, she was really keen to start. She'd done, sort of learnt lots about mindsets and done sort of research in the area, but really wanted to sort of get this idea out to schools. Um, so we've done a few um, or a couple of really large-scale um, research projects with funding from um, the EEF and um, other sort of funding bodies to go out and work with schools. So um, we've done work with pupils directly. We've also done work with teachers. So we've trained teachers and provided them with lots of learning materials and resources, that kind of thing. And then we've sort of been evaluating how well that work's been going, so testing the children before and after on their attainment, but also lots of other sort of measures as well to see whether there's been an impact, you know, as a result of their mindset. And is there an impact on attainment? So the impact on attainment, we sort of find um, a positive side of things. So um, that um, pupils, we were working with year five pupils, so there were improvements in their maths and their reading scores. Um, 
So um, some of the findings we um, are now going to look into in more detail. So we've just found out that we've got another big research grant coming up. So we'll be doing much more in-depth research on that. Fantastic. Well done. That's great news. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know one of the, another buzzword in the growth mindset concept is praise. Can you yeah. talk to us a little bit about praise? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, in fact, one of the tips we really say to sort of parents and to schools and teachers um, that praise is one of the major things that we need to sort of shift um, when sort of trying to embed a, a mindset culture, a growth mindset culture. Um, so the language that we use, you know, we can send out messages to children. Um, even though we're trying to be really, really positive, actually those messages can sort of foster and embed a fixed mindset. Um, so it's just about sort of subtle tweaks the language that we use and the praise that we use. So, you know, for example, um, you know, we're trying to encourage sort of strategies and effort, putting effort into and valuing effort and persistence and resilience. So we need to focus our praise and our rewards on those sorts of things um, rather than sort of saying things like, oh, you're so clever or haven't you done well or aren't you, um, aren't you brilliant, all those sorts of things, which are really, really positive. But when we sort of tie their ability and their achievements to their natural you know, their natural ability or their intelligence, it, you know, it means that um, you know, when something doesn't go so well in the future, they then begin to question their intelligence or question their ability. So while these really positive messages that are fixed to their sort of ability, it might make them feel good in the short term, actually in the long term it can cause quite an unstable self-esteem. Which is, I mean, I think that's probably very new to a lot of parents, the, the idea mm. that praise can be anything other than a positive thing. Absolutely, and as I say, these messages are intended to be so positive, and they almost come out so automatically because we're trying to be so, you know, upbeat and positive. Um, but it's just, and it's really subtle tweaks. Um, so, you know, it's just sort of getting into that sort of mindset. <laughs> and um, and are there are there words you should you shouldn't use when you're praising a child? I think it's not so much sort of um, words, but more about, you know, where you're attributing that success or that, that achievement to. So things like you're so clever or aren't you a natural or isn't this a gift of yours? Um, I think, you know, all those sorts of things will make children think that, you know, yeah, okay, I must be doing well because I, you know, I was born with this special ability and actually maybe I don't have to try so hard. It sort of begins to internalise that kind of language. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Francis, if um, I can just come in here, one of the things that I've found hard, having sort of done a little bit of research into this, mm. is when I hear parents saying to their children, oh, you're so clever, or, mm. you know, if I'm working in a school and I hear another teacher say, you're such a clever little boy and I want to say something, mm. but I don't want to, you know, appear rude. Have you got any ideas of how we might sort of politely challenge that? That is difficult, and I think, as I say, it does seem to come out so automatically, yeah. especially when you're working with really young children. Um, um, and I think the best way, you know, is informing, you know, particularly when it's with sort of staff and um, other teachers and things, you know, really providing them with the information that's there um, and sort of, you know, there's, there are books and there's information out there, and I think that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my poor husband. He's he doesn't know what to say anymore. Every time I, he every time he goes to praise in my kids, he's kind of going, "Did it? Did I do it right? Did I do? Is it is the right one?" <laughs> we all refer to each other as being very brave learners. <laughs> brave learners. That's it. That's good. And but trying is another thing. That's a key word, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you know, it, trying and challenging yourself because I think sometimes children are so scared. Or not just. I keep talking about children, but of course this is adults as well. 
But I think people can be so scared about making mistakes that actually they don't want to try something in the first place. Um, so, you know, if we can sort of be a bit more embracing and accepting of making mistakes and actually, you know, mm. understanding that mistakes are all part of the learning process, that actually if we're willing to give something a go, you know, we're going to get better at it, we're going to improve, and those mistakes, we can learn from them, and that's the important thing. Fantastic. So, um... So, Francis, is there what if what if parents are listening and think, yeah, love this concept? Is my school, you know, implementing a growth mindset? Mm. How how could they find out, or how could they encourage their school to get the Portsmouth team up here? <laughs> um, I, well, I think lots of schools are sort of aware of. Um, I mean, I think certainly the growth mindset literature must be on their radar by now. Um, but some schools have really embraced it wholeheartedly. Other schools are probably still, you know, trying to work out, find their feet in it all. So I think if parents wanted to find out what was going on about that sort of thing in their school, I mean, definitely go and speak to either the class teacher and, or head teacher, and you think that if it was um, being embraced throughout the whole school, then most staff should be aware of it. Um, but we do lots of work with schools, so if anybody wants to get in contact with us, we've got yeah, our email addresses on our website, that sort of thing, if anybody wants to get in touch or provide our contact details to their school. That's wonderful. We'll pop it on our Facebook page okay. and, uh, and um, listeners will be able to um, just have a look at it there. Yeah, yeah. I had to um, pop out of the studio, so I'm so sorry if Lydia's asked this already, but can you give us an illustration of how you've seen this change a business or, you know, uh, adults rather than children? Yeah, so, I mean, most of our research so far has, has been with schools. Right. Um, but what we have done is we've done work with post-16 colleges. Yeah. So, um, colleges, um, and, you know, they found it really, really effective with um, the students. And we use it with our undergraduate students at the university as well. Right. Um, at the moment, we've um, got a master's student at the moment who's developing a programme to be used um, with trying to help young people get back into employment. So unemployed youth who um, are looking to sort of get back into the employment world and actually developing sort of an intervention and workshop to help support them in doing that and sort of encouraging them to believe in themselves and that they can get better and they can improve their sort of achievement and things. That's so, I mean, it is being really widely used with adults as well as children. That's such a brilliant idea mm. and it makes so, so much sense, you know, especially that's a, quite a vulnerable group and, and, and confidence is such a massive issue with, with that group of people. Definitely, definitely. Brilliant. Okay, Francis, thank you so much for joining us this evening on The Parents Show. We'll pop all the information about the Growing Learners team at University of Portsmouth on our Facebook page. And Thank have, you for having me. Thanks, thanks very much for coming to yeah. the show. Have a lovely evening. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Radio Hello and welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcourie. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now, um, we've been talking about growth learners for the first uh, half of this show. And the second half of the show is um, a completely different topic, but definitely education related. Um, We're talking to Tess McPherson, who is a local mum to St. Albans, but also the founder, establisher... Mum, 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 entrepreneur. Can I call you that, Tess? <laughs> Tess McPherson, and she is the head of PTA Social. Hiya, Tess. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Now, in case any of our listeners 
for some strange reason don't know what PTA social <laughs> is. Will you illuminate us, please? Sure. Um, I think it's probably quite well known that PTAs often struggle for volunteers and uh, even in large schools, sometimes it's just a, a handful of people, five to ten people who do all the fundraising um, and it can be quite a thankless task as well. Uh, do you see how much I'm nodding? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, what occurred to me was that most parents wouldn't mind doing a little bit. They just don't want to be dragged in to do too much. But if you've got 400 or 800 parents um if we could make it easier for everyone to do a little bit then you know just think how amazing that would be and the benefits that they'd have for the whole school as a community absolutely absolutely so, so that's what i set about to do was was build an app that would help uh the, with the logistics and just make it really really easy for lots of people to do a little bit so that it all work together break it right down for us tell us how it works um, so the PTA committee, um, they have kind of manager rights so they can edit uh, online what, uh, what events are coming up and what needs doing, um, full descriptions, everything that's involved in doing every little task, which is brilliant as well for handing over to the next year because, of course, they roll over the committees. Um, and all the parents need to do is uh, when they receive an email from the PTA with a link to PTA Social, they just click and tick on something really specific that they want to help with um, and, and limit, you know, they know what, exactly what they, what they need to do. They can pick and choose it and also who they're doing it with because they can see everything. It's really transparent. And is it very adaptable to different schools? Uh, well, I mean, the structure of it is mainly that you have events and you have the tasks that need doing, but um, it would work for, for organisations other than schools as well. At the moment, we're very focused on, on PTAs, but if there are other groups out there, scouts or beavers or sports clubs, it would be very easy to adapt this for them as well and it would just save them so much toing and froing of emails, figuring out who's doing what. just really simplifies it down. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. I know, I know the app well, my school uses it you know and um it's just such a brilliant idea it's so simple and it it kind of I, I love the way you've got your event you've got positions that you need it's limited to like usually about half an half an hour maybe an hour voluntary sessions yeah. so like you say you you don't feel overwhelmed you don't feel like too much is going to be asked of you all you've got to do is click one a half hour or an hour long vol you know that's um, that's right uh, section and then you can just go and just help for that little bit of time and it's I mean it's fantastic it must be helping PTAs a huge amount I, I do get some um, some nice letters of thanking me for the, the time it saved PTA chairs and the committee members um, so you know it's very gratifying because that's you know that's what it's there for um, so yeah I think that one of the things that makes it really easy is um, it's got message walls which uh, you know a bit look, look a bit like Facebook that people can put messages on and have two-way conversations but it's a private community so you don't have the worry of crossing over with um, other kind of friendship groups or whatever and it's all kept private within the school which is which is also reassuring for head teachers absolutely head teachers must love this because it must just get the school I mean get the PTA really organized which means it's going to be more efficient which means it's going to raise more funds and it saves the school office from having to do all that admin because they're you know invariably really understaffed and overwhelmed by the, the so many admin tasks they have to do and and PTAs quite often it's quite critical the timing of getting out an event announcement so people hear it on time and have enough time to do something or bring something in and uh, they're really relying on the school office and the school office are under a lot of pressure already absolutely they do so much and uh, I'm sure they'd be delighted to get one of their jobs taken away <laughs> 
So well, since we last spoke to you about two years ago, that's the last time you were on the parents' show, have there been any new developments? Uh, well, we've been growing pretty steadily and getting some really good results um, across the country, actually. Um, but I was really not satisfied with, with how fast we were growing, mainly because I could see that so many PTAs were signing up and really keen to take it on. But what was put, putting them off was that there was an annual fee for it, which is inevitable because as a business, I have well, to make some of money. Of course, of course. Um, so I was racking my brains trying to figure out how I could do this differently and make sure that more schools could benefit. So um, I took the plunge after trying it out in, in this area in St Albans to see how it would work. I took the plunge and made it absolutely free for the PTAs, supported by advertising. Um, so what this means is that with the audience of, of families on board, and I can really localise it as well, all the, the small businesses in the area are able to reach those parents through email advertising. Um, but it wouldn't be spam email. It would basically be the emails that are generated whenever the PTA send a message to the parents or the parents message each other and there would simply be a banner in the bottom of those emails so there's no extra email sent to anybody but it means that the system is free for them to use and it's i mean that's not intrusive i mean there are banners on so many things every everything you use on the internet so i'm it doesn't make any yeah, difference. Yeah, I was actually really pleasantly surprised because I thought there'd be, you know, some kind of resistance to it. But actually, people don't don't seem to mind, especially because they got it for free. They're delighted. But um, more than that, I find that because we're choosing the adverts very carefully, they're actually interested in the adverts <laughs> and they're pleased they find out about the local events and local businesses that they can now support. So it's kind of win-win because the local businesses reach the parents and the parents find out about the local businesses. That's fantastic. What a, what a great setup. So that was that was a brilliant idea. It was a little bit of a risk to give it for free because obviously you're 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 a business that's growing and you need your revenue. So that's right. I, I really could do with us growing very fast now so that the the advertising revenue becomes a sustainable thing. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. And how are you spreading the word around the UK? How are you getting pe getting the word out there about PTA Social? Um, so mainly social media has been the main way and um, we've had quite a lot of success with especially one channel, which is Pinterest. And the way that that's grown for us, it's grown tremendously actually, is that we've put so many ideas on there for fundraising, art and craft, home learning, numeracy, literacy, even some parenting tips. Um, uh, in fact, I think I pinned something about growth mindset today because I think it's fascinating. Um, so that's been really, really popular and uh, our following has now grown to over a quarter of a million. That's amazing. Wow. So that's a great channel for us now to reach very, in, you know, the, the exact audience we're after, which are people who are fundraising for their for their schools. That's fantastic. Mm. And I hope that does translate into new customers for you. It's, it's really good. And the blog as well. So the blog, we always try and blog about um, things of interest to PTA committees and school parents in general. And um, so that brings a lot of organic traffic in from people searching for things on Google. So we, we get a steady stream of um, new accounts set up, yes. And um, is, has there been good take-up locally in the, school, the schools in St Albans and Harpenden? Um, so it's mainly been St Albans. I haven't really um, had uh, a lot of growth in Harpenden, but I'm hoping to change that <laughs> shortly. Um, but in St Albans, we've got uh, a few um, really solid customers who've been using it for a few years now. And um, one of the customers, in fact, who took it on uh, last 
Easter was Killigrew School, and they were really delighted with it. So I got some, I think, uh, if I can quote her, she said something like, it's, it's the best thing to happen to us all year, which I thought was really lovely. That's amazing. And that was Tina Canning from St Albans. Um, so that was really um, great to get that kind of result. That they, they did their summer fair on it, had, um, you know, really saved them a lot of time. They said they used to run around in the rain with a clipboard, and, and this was just so much easier for them. <laughs> And um, and Garden Fields, Garden school, Fields, they're been big fans well. of yours as well. Fleetville, obviously, huge fans. Yeah, yeah there, I mean, there are lots of schools. It, it's I'm sure you know it's word of mouth will will um, will be a massive part of of the growth That's of right. your business as well. People are scared sometimes to try something new, and it sounds really techy. Um, and you know, there are a few things to figure out that this you set up events, and under that you set your tasks up. But it's it's not really a big learning curve. I think that people find it pretty intuitive. I think the average PTA committee would be happier setting up that than having to <laughs> run everything themselves because that's the that's the other the alternative isn't it yeah and i think that one of the things that they said as well is um sometimes the worry is oh you know okay we get it but what if other people don't get it and i think what they don't realize is that for a parent it's super simple they don't need to know how you know how to set up the event they just literally get an email click the link tick a box so i think they they don't quite realize that yeah um, and also they worry that maybe parents wouldn't sign up for it um and i had one classic um uh, example from about uh, a week ago a school in where are they down in Bournemouth just signed up and um, the the new PTA chair had just started her role and thought you know and she's really into technology in fact she runs a website called techno teachers I think <laughs> um, and um, she she took it on and I was really delighted that she tweeted about it a couple of times she launched and she said um, I think her tweet said something like uh, Within 24 hours of launching PTA Social, a quarter of the parents have signed up. That's, Boom. That's and I was just awesome. so pleased because I retweeted it straight away. And I thought, you know, this is, people need to know this. They worry that it's going to take ages and people won't. But you just make it that easy for them. They will. You need to announce it enthusiastically. If you, if you say, oh, we're trying this thing <laughs> and, you know, you might want to sign up. And, you know, people kind of think, well, what is this thing? But if you just go, look, this is how we're doing it. They sign up because it takes 30 seconds. And how much um, time does it take for the person that's running the system, the, you know, the, the chair test, would you say? Do, do they get a sort of notification on their phone that someone signed up or do they sort of log in once a day? Or um, People go on quite a lot, actually. We have uh, anonymised uh, data that we can look at to see, uh, you know, how, how uh, people are using the system. And, <clears throat> yeah, people do spend a lot of time, um, you know, checking on things and tweaking things. And, you know, they, I think they quite enjoy. Right. Because there's a new feeling tracking how mm. things are going and seeing it in real time. They don't have to run around the school looking at the, the notice boards to see who's on mm. what rotor anymore. It's just literally any time on your phone. Yeah. How's it doing? Yeah. Um, but when people join the community, uh, it depends how they join. If, they, if the chair has invited them, then they get straight in when they click on the accept link um if somebody registers um with the school because it's a unique link then they need to be approved because it's only approved people mm. who are in the community mm. to make it safer so would normally the head teacher have access as well or does it depend on the school it tends to be a pta thing sometimes it, yeah it does depend on the school how right. much how involved the, the head teacher how concerned they are about what's going on in this new system and sometimes they just join just to keep track of um, how the pta are getting on and what notices are going out and other times they just leave the pta to it and it's just one less thing for the school office to deal yeah, with yeah sure sure 
we Great. had we had our spooky disco last weekend mm-hmm. and uh, our last Friday, and the whole thing was organised through through um, PTA Social, of course. And it's great. You go in, you click. I I did the door for the mm-hmm. first half hour. Did the door, walked away. Con- I I know who I was on the door with. Two other lovely moms get to chat for half an hour, and that's it. That's my job done. It's brilliant. It's it's so easy, and it is like you say. It's just a click of a button. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, do you get a reminder of? Um, it's we've left it up to the event organizer to send out a message because they usually like to say something else with it. So rather than you know sending messages out, um, you know, uh, automatically, we say okay. When you send out the message, it will tell each person individually what they signed up to do. So rather than you having to send them the whole list or find out what they did and remind them, a lot of chairs go to a lot of trouble. They spend hours emailing everyone who's volunteered and telling them what they were going to do. And now you just click it once and it does it for you. The whole lot. Fantastic. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Curry. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now, tonight we've been talking to um, Tess McPherson, who is the um, owner, developer of PTA Social, and Tess is in the studio with us this evening. Now, Hello. we've been grilling you, Tess, haven't we, <laughs> about PTA Social, but we're not done yet. You're not off the hook. <laughs> um, tell us, what was involved in setting up PTA Social? Um, well, it started out really as an idea on a napkin, uh, <laughs> sitting around talking to some friends. Like thinking, all the best ideas. Well, just thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way than all these emails and having to read through and figure out what you're doing and who's doing what. And it just seemed, you know, just too much like hard work. And, and unfortunately, like the majority of parents, I was more liable to slip off around avoiding the clipboards. And, you know, I, I wanted to help, but I just didn't want to, to be stuck there for hours and hours yeah. weeding through email replies and paper slips so um that was what inspired it really it's just like this you know um, tapping into that amazing potential that all the parents have um i'm just thinking if it was you know easier to do less annoying a process then um i think a lot people a lot more people would actually enjoy doing a bit to help and feel quite a sense of community i think you've achieved exactly that because i guess even when you're describing it, i was thinking god thank god i don't have to do all that i'm so spoiled pta social's <laughs> just been there since my children started school mm-hmm. so i just i really think it changed the nature of it because i don't think i'd be responding to emails if they were all coming out and filling in forms and saying because you think if you fill in a form it's like off oh, for an hour it's like you know you're going to get caught for more than an hour whereas That's this thing, you know yeah. who else has volunteered you know who's coming That's after it, you know who's coming before you numbers. yeah you know once you see um, many people have volunteered then you're more willing to volunteer because you're not one of the five people yeah. who are going to be you know basically end up being a bit of a martyr because yes. you get stuck yeah and and that unfortunately happens and of course it's it can be a lot of fun i mean people make close friends and they might you know enjoy some of the things they have to do the craft making and there's a lot of ways to to have a lot of fun with it but sometimes it just gets a bit too much and then you start to feel like you've been left to do it all and everyone else is swanning around having fun at the events but no one wants to help and you know we're trying to stop it from getting to that stage just making it easier for everyone to join in there's great clarity with this you know Mm -hmm. but so so that yeah that makes sense that's where the 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 concept came from it and what are the steps a new pta has to take how 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 do they 
initiate just say right. they, they love what you're doing they want PTA social yeah so the the website ptasocial.com um, it has you know some videos and uh, other information about what it's about but basically there's a big button big red button at the top uh, where you can take a free account um, it also tells you a bit more there's ptasocial.com forward slash free that just basically announces that it's free as of this year um, and it takes literally two minutes to set up an account you don't have to be technical it's just a form to fill in you get an email and you click it to verify that that's your email address and then you're away you've got an, a free account set up and you can start inviting your committee letting them have a play with it and there's no obligation to use it but have a look that's fantastic that's great so hopefully parents listening in this evening if they don't have pta social they'll they'll uh, spread the word but um any other news for us tess of uh, what's going on in the PTA social world? Um, yeah, so as well as mentioning that this is now supported by advertising, I want to, uh, to emphasise the fact that I really, what I'm really interested in is, is a kind of local helping local situation where uh, local businesses who want to support their school um, can can do so because one of the things that we're offering by advertising on PTA Social and um, if you name a school you'd like to support we'll give 10% of your advertising fee to that school as a donation so PTA is out there if they start referring advertisers they just need to give their unique code and when the advertiser signs up the PTA gets 10% of that fee that's very easy money for a PTA yeah. yeah and it's also some of the advertising is in our directory which is something that all the parents can link to whenever they uh, are using the app or get an email there's a link to our business directory uh, pointing them at local services so those listings are subscription listings which means that if they referred a business who then listed that recurring listing fee 10 percent of it every time will go to the PTA so they can build up uh, a solid, you know, quarterly or annual donation coming into their PTA doing that. Which is great to have that security, that kind of revenue coming in without without having to do a thing. That's Just right. Maintain a relationship and with the with the advertiser, that's it. That's right. Fantastic. That's great. Any other nuggets for us, Tess? Um, just trying to think. Oh, I was going to mention something today that um, is a bit of a controversial post, actually. But um, I had my first blog post published on the Huffington Post oh, well online. Done. Fantastic. Um, so hopefully getting the word out there even stronger to PTAs and parents across the country. And the controversy was that I had suggested that at a recent meeting um, there, there was mention of, you know, why is it so hard for, for parents to come forward for, especially for committee roles? And maybe we should pay them you know and that was a you know paying the pta and uh, so i i kind of took this idea and just ran with it a little bit to say well you know we do pay people in other charities um i i do feel that things are, are, are different with pta's and for a start i mean the average pta makes about eight thousand pounds a year i know some make a lot more uh, you know 25 30 or you know special schools especially can make a lot more than that but the money is meant to be for the kids you know so we all understand that y y it wouldn't really quite feel right um it's not a professional role you know it's it's usually done part-time so it, it was just an idea to get out there i did get a bit of attention so that's that's working well but um hopefully you'll be hearing more from me on, on the huffington post on the on these topics and trying to get the word out about how to make volunteering the new normal great stuff and of course i mean there's there, there's no reason for pta social not to 
take over America, to take over fundraising in American schools as it's well. Certainly, it certainly could do. I mean, we, we've had about 100 US schools trial, but they just came and had a look, and I don't feel like we're quite the right fit for them just yet. Um, I think that the, the PTA set up slightly differently in America and it's um, it's very very full-on um, but I, I feel like we could quite you know we, if we tweak it and uh, maybe interview them a bit more we could pro possibly quite possibly make it fit for them as well I've tried my sister lives in North Carolina keeps saying you've got to sign up it's great <laughs> it's so great it'll do it because she works in a school <laughs> in a in the office and I'm thinking it'd probably take away half her job <laughs> if, she, if she got this set up well, yeah well that is a, that is uh, one of the things that some sometimes you know some PTAs um, they really get it they love it and they go for it and unfortunately and, and this is a bit of controversy as well unfortunately there are some PTAs where it really is what, what takes up people's time and, and they enjoy that so much that they don't like the idea of sharing it out too much but I think that there's a point missed there a little bit that when everybody contributes to something there's a shift in how they feel about that school and that community and that's something that kind of we don't want to take away from them we really want to tap into that so just to consider that if you're happy doing things the way you do them now then that's great but consider how different things could be if you got you know 200 more people involved Absolutely. It can only be a good thing on so many levels. Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. Tess McPherson, thank you so much for joining us on The Parent Show this evening. Thank you. Um, so we'll get you back in another year and let's see how PTA that would be social. That would be great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks very much for listening to The Parent Show this evening. Um, thank you very much to our guests, Dr. Francis Warren from the Growing Learners at um, Portsmouth University and Tess McPherson, the head of PTA Social. Tune in the same time next week. Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.